This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to Get Started Investing, a production of Equitymates Media. This series is everything you need to get started on your investing journey. You don't need a lot of brains in this business. Investing in yourself is the best thing you can do. Anything that improves your own time. Now you can get rich very young just by having an idea. I mean, I can buy anything I want, basically, but I can't buy time. Welcome to Get Started Investing. In this podcast, we cover all the basics that you need to start your investing journey. We unpack all the jargon the confusing bits, hear your investing stories, all with the goal of making investing less intimidating, and we want to have a good time along the way. My name is Bryce, and as always, we're jo- I'm joined. We're joined. We're joined. I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. Who else is in the studio? Yeah, good question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling some spirits today. Oh, jeez. <laughs> the investing gods. I reckon you've been feeling some spirits last night, <laughs> if I'm honest. <laughs> no, that was you. Uh, but anyway, look, uh, here we are, Get Started Investing, Ren. Um, we cover, as we said in the intro, all the fundamentals, and today we're going to to be uh, discussing the topic that I'm sure many investors face when they kick off their journey, and that is the dilemma between uh, I've got a bit of debt, should I still be investing, or, or can I invest while in debt? Yeah, investing while in debt, not to be confused with investing in debt, because uh, that's a whole other conversation. Yes, investing while in debt, and we're going to Walk through uh, some of the basics that you can consider if you are in this position. But before we do, some exciting news. We have a live show coming up uh, April, late April, uh, April the 29th. Uh, t- yeah, uh, a penciled uh, 29th penciled in. Don't pen it in yet. <laughs> penciled in at the time of recording. It's penciled. I'm sure by the time this episode is released, it will be in pen. Uh, we're going to be doing an industry deep dive with uh, a number of experts and industry professionals all around investing in the beverages and alcohol industry. That's why you were uh, testing the spirits last night, wasn't it? Testing the spirits, yes. Uh, It's going to be live in person in Sydney. Uh, If you are unable to join us, there will be tickets available, but equally we're going to be live streaming it across uh, as many of our channels as we can so that wherever you are, you're going to be able to join us on the night. Uh, We can't wait. First live show back since COVID put an end to it all. Uh, One of our sort of favorite things to do is to meet the equity mates community more importantly and uh we've got some partners on board um stake are going to be helping us with this one so we're very keen to yes, yes. Um, kick into it and before people come at us and say why do you all do all the live shows in sydney um we're always open to doing live shows in other states um we just need the right partner to uh get us there uh, help us with the tech and uh, put up with Bryce's incredibly difficult writer. Um, so hey, reach out to us. Reach out to us. We'd love to come to Melbourne. We'd love to. We've done Melbourne and Sydney a couple of times. We'd love to do Brisbane, Tasmania, 
WA, do you want me to name all the states? No, you guys no, get it. No, no. Uh, Bryce actually made a commitment on uh, Equity Mates, uh, our other show, uh, the main uh, investing podcast, uh, which we should echo here, which is what was the promise? That we would go to any, any city in Australia, any location in Australia yeah. if a business or an individual uh Covered our covered our costs. Yes, yes. Now uh, we've got stake on board for the first one. Uh, let's see what happens for the, the those thereafter. Yes, yes, yes. I, <laughs> so, um, thank you, stake. Uh, anyway, let's kick on with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Live show 29th of April. That's yes. the, that's the long and the short of it. So, investing while in debt. Investing while in debt. Look, there's no doubt that everyone has uh, pl- many financial commitments uh, going on. You may be repaying a house. Uh, you know, you may be saving for a, a holiday. Uh, you may be at university, whatever it may be. You were in a lot of debt to a loan shark for your gambling, weren't you? <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> you uh, had big debt. <laughs> that is not true at all. The common question, though, that we get out of it uh, is... Uh, can I invest while I'm in debt and how should I be thinking about it? Yeah. And for us, um, the good news is more at a very high level, the, the answer is yes. <laughs> at a very <laughs> at high a very level. And that's high. the episode and we're done. <laughs> no, um, we're, we're, I think the answer is yes with an asterisk yep. next to it. Um, investing is incredibly important um, and even just starting small, um, can pay big dividends, pun intended, over the long term. Um, but there are some, I think, important concepts and then some rules of thumb that we have applied to our personal investing journey. But we should say at the top, and we'll probably repeat it throughout the episode, everyone's circumstances are different. These are purely concepts and rules of thumb that we've picked up, that we've heard you know, personal finance experts talk about. Um, and so... If you want advice specific for your personal circumstances, you should seek personal financial advice. You should speak to a licensed financial professional. If you do want to find a financial professional near you, on our disclaimer page of our website, we link to a bunch of resources where you can like put your postcode in and find licensed financial advisors near you, like the ASIC website, Money Smart website, stuff like that. So we'll say that at the top. We'll probably echo it throughout this episode. Um, but this is all general and things that we've learned and things that we apply. Um, and the best thing you can do in, if you have a particular financial situation or you want someone to look at your personal circumstances is actually get that advice. Yeah. Yeah. So let's start at the top. The conundrum between paying off debt or investing some of that cash that is coming through the door. And uh, for us, it, it all starts with understanding what type of debt you have. Um, and then also the effect of interest rates. Yeah, that's where it starts for me. But let's start where you started. Yeah. So um, there are two ways you can categorize debt. There's good debt and there's bad debt. Okay. <laughs> can good debt become bad debt and can bad debt become good debt? Uh, potentially, yes. Okay. <laughs> depending anyway, let's, let's depending not, uh, on the definitions. We'll go through a couple here. So, so for me, um, there are a couple of ways to look at it. Let's start with good debt. And one way that you could uh, categorize the debt you have is that uh, good debt is uh, used to help you build wealth and to improve your income. So if you think about uh, borrowing money to buy a house, borrowing money to invest in shares, borrowing money to put into an asset that is going to generate returns, generate cash flow, 
that uh, over the long term is debt that you could perceive as as good debt, as it's you know putting you in a position to to build your wealth. Uh, conversely, bad debt is debt that goes or does very little to actually building your wealth and improving your financial position, and that's often known as consumer debt. And it's a uh, debt that you know, if you were to categorize credit cards, personal loans, debt that you're using to fund. Here we go. Ren's going to make a joke. No, no. I was going to say buy now, pay later. <laughs> buy now, pay later is a is a consumer debt mm. and uh, very seldom used. In fact, I couldn't think of an example where you would use that to build wealth. Um, and so, oh, until we uh, launch my buy now, pay later for stocks. Until, idea. Yes, buy now, pay later. So equity mates pay listing on the ASX twenty twenty two. Yeah. So yeah, two qualitative ways to look at it. One is used to build wealth, good debt. One is used to, I guess, satisfy your wants here and now and uh, consumer debt. And that's often um, considered bad debt. Yeah. So you said that's the qualitative way to think about it. I think from a quantitative perspective, you could say that uh, good debt uh, is debt where the uh, expected financial outcome is greater than the cost to service the debt. Uh, explain that like I'm five. Okay. Um, so, you know, if if you take out $20,000 uh, and you're going to pay another $5,000 interest on top of that over the life of the loan. So, $25,000 cost and you expect that what you take that debt out for, you're going to have a million dollars in at the end of the life of the loan, um, then that's good debt yeah. because your expected outcome is higher than the cost of the debt. But if you take out a $20,000 debt, you pay $5,000 interest on top of that and you end up with a pair of shoes and a TV... Um, then and the I guess to to be fully you know to to talk about it fully the cost of the 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 resale cost of the sneakers and the TV is less than that then your outcome is worse. Yes, that is the. Uh, Did, was that was that clear enough? That was clear enough. Was that, but that, let's what, get into. Wasn't some, quite like and explain like I'm five. Let's get it get it to some clear examples. I think. Um, Understanding what is good debt and what is bad debt will help you to prioritize whether or not you should be paying off the debt or investing. Um, if you use your example uh, of the the shoes, for example, you're not going to take out a $20,000 loan uh, and then leave that to one side and start pouring money into the stock market. Yeah. You want to get rid of that $20,000 loan for the sneakers that you've bought because the expected outcome of that $20,000 loan is not going to be greater. Yeah, I think I think the concept of good debt and bad debt is kind of helpful but doesn't really go to answering the question that we want to answer because, you know, you might be in bad debt and it still might be the right decision to invest. And similarly, you might be in good debt and it might be the right decision to pay that debt off quickly rather than use any excess money to invest. And that is because of the impact of interest rates. And this is where, I guess, the the maths side of things need to come in and don't be bamboozled or scared off by the terminology maths because it's very easy to work Not out. Not to be confused with, with Bryce's favourite TV show, Maths. <laughs> <laughs> Not true. So, look, paying down debt versus investing, it does come down to interest rates. And to Ren's earlier point, the expected return of the debt that you you have, so let's let's take uh, a, 
well, example. Can, can, of- we, can we start with like a super simple one that isn't related to investing? If you have a credit card that has 20% interest, you're not going to save that money in the bank and get 2% interest. No. Like conceptually... P- most people will get that that like if they've got credit card debt and they've got extra money they shouldn't just sit it in the bank that they should pay that credit card off and if uh if people don't understand that why um because the money that you owe grows at 20% a month uh and the money that you a year 20% a year <laughs> Jeez, yeah, 20% a month <laughs> uh 20% a year and the money that you save grows at 2% a year so that means every year you're actually worse off. In the hole. Yeah, yeah. you're further in the hole. That you, yeah. You're in more debt. By delaying the paying off of the credit card. Yeah. Even I can understand psychologically having the 5000 in the bank account may feel like it's a better option than putting it all onto the credit card. Totally understand that. But uh, if you look at where you'll end up at the end of each year, you're actually going to be in a worse off position. Yeah. So then if we do apply it to investing, okay, so you have $5,000, you have a credit card with 20% interest on it, uh, then you might have the opportunity to invest that $5,000 into the stock market. Let's just take the average return of the stock market over the last 40 years or so, and that is roughly 11%. So you could put your money into the stock market and get an 11% return at the end of the year, what's that, 550 bucks or thereabouts? Or you could put it into the credit card and, uh, and pay that off. How do you decide? And it comes down to the interest rate here. Your credit card is 20% that you owe each year. You can make 11% on your $5,000 at the end of the year. Given that uh, you owe 20% or could be Earning 11%, you're still in the whole 9% at the end of the year. Can we put real numbers to that? So, the five grand that you've saved, um, you said 11% return if you invested it. Uh, So, that means $550 is 11%. Yep, um, into your pocket. And so, that means at the end of the year, you're left with um, $5,550. Yes. Or if the... Let's say you have five thousand dollars in credit card debt yep. at twenty percent interest rate. Twenty percent of five thousand is a thousand, yep. which is six thousand uh, dollars. So, if you paid off the debt, uh, the credit card debt, um, you're avoiding being in the hole six thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, if you uh, invested it, you would be up. 5550 but you would be in $6,000 of debt. Exactly. So, so you'd be $450 worth, worse, worse off. off. Yeah. yeah. So sure, you could invest that, but at the end of the year, to your point, Ren, you're actually, yeah, $450 worse off yeah. than if you just paid off that credit card, avoided the 20% uh, or $1,000 that you'd have to pay in interest and then start your investing journey once you've paid that off. Yeah. So that's an example of where the interest rate on the debt is worse. What about, uh, you know, if we're talking about Australia, um, we have, is it HEX? No, it's HELP now, help, Fee HELP, yeah. uh, which is like the government covers our uh, costs to go to uni. Uh, what, what's the, the HELP? The Fee HELP is the cost of inflation, isn't it? It's like roughly, yeah. 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 So let's call, it, let's call it 1%. If my, my HELP debt is one per, charges me 1% interest a year, 
what do I think? Like, how do I think about that? Well, this is uh, the opposite to what we just spoke about. So it's going to cost you 1% to service your your help loan or your HEX loan, your, your student loan. Um, then if you look at, well, what are the alternatives to invest your money? Uh, and let's take the 11% example again. You can put your money into the stock market and earn an 11% return. So at the end of the year, yes, you've been servicing your debt and it's costing you 1% to service that debt, but at the same time, you're earning uh, 11%. Um, so you're actually 10% up on uh, where you were at the start of the year. So that's a situation where the interest rate on your debt is lower than the return that you would expect on your investment, in which case you can actually service it and still afford to have some money in the market. Yeah. So the long and the short of that is like, don't get your own personal advice, but <laughs> our perspective is it doesn't really make sense to pay off your help early. Yeah, it doesn't because if you're able to earn more by still paying it off and investing in the market, then you are actually better off in the long run. Yeah, yeah. So um, what about mortgages? Because mortgages are probably the most common type of debt for people in the equity mates community. Uh, Bryce and I, neither of us have uh, entered the property market, so must be nice for all of you out there living <laughs> yes. in a house that you own and not paying landlords. Um, how do I think about investing while I have a mortgage? This is purely personal opinion, of course, and uh, as you said, I don't personal have- and uneducated opinion yeah, because we haven't lived it. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't have a mortgage, but there's. I mean, there are two arguments to to, to be made for this, and the first is that. Uh, you know, with the size of debt that you have with a mortgage, uh, you could argue that you want to pay that down as fast as possible. Um, and that is the approach that a lot of people take. The other part of the argument is that you uh, have a loan that may be principal and interest with, um, I guess, fixed repayments over a long period of time that services the requirements of that debt. Uh, in which case, if you're able to service that debt and then you have a bit of spare cash as well, then there's no reason why you can't go and invest that cash if you think it's going to be better off in the market than putting it towards your mortgage. Yeah. I think that's still the key. Interest rates are still a key factor in that scenario. Yeah. And the only caveat to that, and I haven't done enough research on them, but um, do offset accounts come into play here? Offset accounts um, are where you put your money into... A cash account that offsets the interest yeah, repayments on yeah. the loan. So I guess like that that can reduce the interest rate, um, and you've got to factor that in. Like, is it does it make more sense to put money into the market and pay a higher interest rate on your mortgage, or put that money into an offset account? I guess, or actually pay the mortgage off mm. and, and reduce the interest rate. Again, I think it would just come down to comparing like for like uh, your returns. Yeah. On both. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, let's uh, take a quick break to hear from our sponsors and then let's uh, talk about how we attack um, this conundrum because we're both in debt. You to loan sharks, me to the bank. <laughs> no. um, and so let's, uh, let's hear from our sponsors and then uh, have a chat about that. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Okay, so um, we've talked about, I guess, good debt and bad debt. We've talked about the idea of interest rates uh, on debt and the expected return uh, in the market and looking at those two things and comparing them being the key key decision point, I guess, the key um, factor that we would consider when making uh, when trying to answer the question, should I invest while in debt? Uh, the long and the short of it is not all debt is the same. Um, so interest rates really matter. What are some of the other things that we think about uh, when we're trying to answer this question? Yeah, I think for me, it's just not getting too caught up in it. And if 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 you feel like that you want to just pay off your credit card and you don't want to worry about comparing interest rates and you're just going to feel a lot better and you hate the burden of carrying debt and you just don't like it being on there, you just want to get rid of it, Fine. No, there's nothing wrong with that. Just do what feels right. I think in in that situation, um, you know, it's, for some people, there's nothing worse than carrying credit card debt, and they'd rather use all of their cash to get rid of that and then think about investing. Rip up the credit card, fine. Um, that that's perfectly all right. And uh, I think regardless of how much debt you're in, rip up the credit card. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, who's paying twenty percent interest on anything these days? Yeah, yeah, silly, silly, silly. So. For me, do what feels right. I think um, if, if you don't want to worry about everything we've just spoken about and you do want to get over that psychological barrier of getting out of debt, fine. That, that's, that's all good. What about you? Yeah, I think I am psychologically I'm okay with debt. Um, I tore up my credit card a few years ago and I've never looked back. Um, don't have any like buy now, pay later or anything like that. Um, the only debt I have is... Uh, a uh, equity build alone with NAB, um, and that's debt that has a lower interest rate than the expected return I expect to get from the fund that I've used that money to invest in. And so I just do minimum repayments, tick that away, um, and hope that uh, that all uh, works out. Um, but I think if I was in like serious credit card debt, um, I would be attacking that first for both the interest rate reasons but also the psychological reason like it sucks seeing that blow out um so i think that's an important thing i think the other thing is um there's you know if you have a lot of debts it can sometimes be a really difficult thing on like how do i get started and i mean there's a mathematical way to approach it and then a psychological way to approach it i guess the mathematical way to approach it would be um if i have three different debts with different interest rates, you try and clear the one with the highest interest rate first. Uh, from a mathematical perspective, that makes the most sense. From a psychological perspective, um, you know Dave Ramsey, the yeah, talk yeah. show host in the US? Um, he uh, he advocates, or at least he did um, at one point, that sometimes it makes more sense just to clear the easiest debt first and it might not be the highest interest rate but if it's the smallest debt and it helps you feel like you're on the right track psychologically 
um, he's like, would well, try and just clear something, take a step in the right direction. I think you can also like, you, you can definitely like consolidate and refinance yeah. debt. I have no understanding of how that industry works and have no recommendations, but that's something you can speak to a financial advisor about. But yeah, like debt sucks. It sucks to be in debt. And it, it, oftentimes it can think, it can feel like investing is the furthest, furthest thing from your grasp while you're in debt. And so I think um, there are probably two ways to approach it. But the other thing is, and I, I don't know what you think about this, is um, in the same way that Dave Ramsey talks about uh, just clearing something and like helping you psychologically, helping you feel like you're on the right path. You know, if you wanted to really focus on paying down your debts, but you wanted to feel like you were investing and you wanted to feel like you had taken a step, maybe a micro investing app like Raise is is something or, you know, Spaceship or Comsec Pocket, like whatever you decide is the right one for you. Because then it's um, you know, you can still be allocating ninety five percent of your excess cash to paying down your debt. Um, but you can at least feel like you've started your investing journey. Um, this is this doesn't have to be an all or nothing thing. From a mathematical perspective, it might make sense to just put 100% towards paying down the debt. But from a psychological perspective, I think we have both lived the experience of actually starting investing and how motivating that can feel and I guess how empowering it can feel to like take control of your finance. Um, and so that might, for the psychological reasons, that might be... The right choice for someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, I wouldn't disagree with that at all. So, look, I think the key message, and we've touched on it as well, is um, we can't we can't go past saying that you need to bin that credit card, mm. uh, get rid of them. They're not going to help you build wealth. Um, they're probably even going to slow down the process of you doing so. Um, I mean, if you did want one, I think the key things to remember are to always try and pay it off in full so that you're not paying that 20% interest. Yeah, and people always say like, but the points, but the points. And it's like, yeah, the points. the points are good, but you got to be super disciplined. Like you got to have Bryce Lesky level discipline to, <laughs> to do that right because it's so easy to miss a payment or it's so easy to overspend and then not be able to pay and then you're in the cycle. Yeah, and, and then you're done. You get monthly interest charges yep. um, and it adds up quickly and then you're behind the eight ball. Yeah. Um, and I went like I had a credit card and I definitely realized that I didn't have Bryce Lesky level discipline. I didn't have 14 spreadsheets to track what I was doing. And so I just decided it wasn't like it wasn't right for me to to just even risk it. Um, so I got rid of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the best thing. I've to never do. looked back. Yeah. Yeah. Because that even teaches you how to manage your own cash flow anyway if you're, yeah. not, if you're not relying on credit cards. So get rid of it. And also, I think caution with buy now, pay later, whilst it seems uh, an easy option and uh, you're not paying the interest, you are still at the end of the day forward paying something that you obviously don't want to be paying for now or can't afford to be paying for now. And uh, I guess pushing, kicking that can down the road can inevitably lead to um, you slowing down your ability to grow wealth uh so just consider what you're doing with those sorts of things as well. Yeah, yeah. So um, if you're not in debt, think about good debt and bad debt. If you are in debt, think about the uh, the relative interest rates and then also the psychological side of it. Um, get rid of the credit card, whoever you are. And if you need, if you want to get some advice about your personal circumstances, speak to a licensed financial professional. I think are the key takeaways. 
Shall we move on to listener mailbag? Yes, we do have a question here from uh, Isaac. So uh, we do encourage anyone to send in uh, their their questions via our equitymates.com forward slash contact form. You can either leave it via a voice message or um, hit us up via email. But here's a question from Isaac. Hey guys, um, my name's Isaac. I very, very recently started my investment journey. Um, I just wanted to give you guys a shout out and say thank you so much for creating a platform and a community that has, well, as in your words, literally broken down the jargon of getting into starting your investment journey, uh, making it a lot more accessible for the uh, everyday person. Look, my question is, when you're very first starting out your investing journey, what are the pros and cons in regards to, I'm putting in, say, $500 a fortnight, so around about $1,000 a month, very similar strategy to what you guys kind of recommend. Um, should I be splitting that $500 a fortnight or $1,000 a month into, say, the 10 ETF slash stocks that I've chosen? Because I've kind of already worked out what it is I want to invest in. Should I be splitting it amongst all of those? Or should I be kind of sticking to one per month or a two or three months in one and then splitting it amongst others later? Um, what's kind of your strategies in regards to that, pros and cons wise? Awesome. Thanks, guys. Ciao. So I think, first of all, thanks for the question, Isaac, and yeah. thanks for the shout out. Um, we should clarify that uh, we don't recommend. Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> we... Uh, yeah, yeah. Like we have our own personal uh, thoughts, um, but yeah, obviously everything is here for general educational purposes only. Um, I, I, you know, follow a very similar strategy to Isaac. I um, try and save a bit, and every paycheck I transfer it into my brokerage account straight away, and then I have a, I guess, like I've been calling it like a permanent portfolio of. Uh, some ETFs and then some stocks um, that I want to average into over the next however many years. I think you probably do the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I guess the first question is you obviously aren't being, you know, let's say you have 10 like Isaac, you obviously don't have, you know, 10 grand a month to put $1,000 into each. Mm-hmm. So how are you approaching How are you approaching that splitting? Um, I pretty much just go down the list. Um th- you know, theoretically, you want to be avoiding trying to pick and choose. That's the whole idea of this. And you want to be putting money in consistently um, and the same amount as often as is appropriate for your situation. And picking and choosing kind of defeats the purpose Mm. of the theory. Um, And so I, yeah, just go down the list. If I bought three ETFs this month, then I'll buy the three ETFs that I didn't buy the next month, then I'll rotate back to those three and then keep that process. So you are putting the same amount in at a consistent, uh, over a consistent period of time. Yeah. Um, I I think to add some more specificity, is that the word? Yeah. Sounds right. A specifics <laughs> to that. Um, I If, if I had $1,000 like Isaac and I had 10 things, I wouldn't be putting $100 into each every no, month. No. And the reason for that is the cost of brokerage. Let's say that you're with Comsec and you're putting a hundred bucks in. I don't doubt you could even put a hundred bucks in. Don't think but so. But they would be charging you well, it's less than a grand. They'd be charging you ten bucks yeah. on each of those trades. And so that's for every hundred dollars you want to put in, that's ten bucks. That's ten percent of the money. Um 
And so that's not an efficient way to spend your money. Comsec or whoever the broker is, is making way too much for you to access the market that way. Our rule of thumb is 1%. um, And it's just a general rule, but it's just something that we sort of think about as a good way to keep your cost of brokerage low. So, you know, if you're with Comsec, that's a, and they're charging the 10 bucks, it's a thousand dollars. Um, or if you're with IG and it's eight bucks a trade, then you're talking about 800 bucks. And for me, that's my personal rule of thumb. It's obviously not right for everybody, but, um, so I would sort of say I would invest in sort of like $800 lots with IG and I would just go down the list. If you're with someone like superhero where there's, you know, zero cost on ETFs, then the, then it's sort of a bit more of a bit more do accessible. What, do what feels right. I don't know what does superhero have a minimum. Uh, it's it it is much more in the range of the sub one hundred. I'm pretty sure. Okay. We'll need to do your own research on that. But yeah, it's it's definitely not the five hundred yeah. mark. Yeah. So like, and then then this comes to a broader question about like, if you're Isaac and you're like, I have ten things I want to put my money into. I've got a thousand bucks. Then maybe it's a question of what broker are you with and is it the right broker? Yeah. Like maybe. As someone like Stake, if you wanted to invest in the US, there's no brokerage. There's obviously the currency conversion fee. Um, so I guess like different brokers suit different strategies. But I think as a general rule, dollar cost averaging, you don't have to hit everything every month. Yeah, It's about consistency. And, you know, Bryce, with your strategy, you might hit an ETF like once a quarter. Yep. But as if you're consistent with that, like that, that's the main thing, consistency. Consistency. Two other points. Check out Raise. I'm pretty sure they've just opened a, a portfolio where you can create a portfolio over a number of ETFs and then it will distribute your money across all of them. That's not bad. Um, that so yeah, bad. go and check out that. But also I would suggest, uh, I know it's easy to get carried away with uh, the amount of ETFs that are out there. If you have 10 ETFs, do, I think do a bit of time. Yeah, I thought that as well. I think he said stock. Isaac said stocks and ETFs, but okay. I agree with what you're about to say. Yeah. If you've got ten ETFs, if you've got ten ETFs, take a little bit of time to actually understand what all of those ETFs are invested in. It's highly likely, highly likely, you'll find that the top holdings of a number of them are very similar. So you may be able to do a consolidation of ETFs down to maybe five or six, yeah. so that rather than investing in ten, you're still getting similar exposure. And you can build up more of a portfolio in, I guess, more specific ETFs. And then once you've done that, start expanding out. But yeah, don't get carried and away like, with it. And like to be very specific, what what you mean by that is if you owned an MSCI All World Index, an S and P five hundred index, a Nasdaq one hundred index, and a tech giants uh, thematic ETF, the top holdings in all of those four ETFs would be the same. It would yeah. be Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, um, and you know the those those companies. And so it's like, why would you need to pay four four ETFs, pay four sets of brokerage, manage four dollar cost averagings, manage four holdings, all that stuff? Um, when you when you can get exposure just through one. So yeah, I, I think that's good good advice. Well, good uh, thought process. Thought process. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that brings us to the end of uh, our Get Started Investing for today. Uh, hopefully, you've been able to take some, something out of that that will help you on your investing journey. Uh, for more information on all of that, uh, head to our website or you can email us at contact at equitymates.com. Uh, don't forget that we have plenty of other podcasts in our network as well. So, uh, again, go and check out Equitymates website and you can get a, a view of everything that is happening in the Equitymates community. And if you're not already, jump into the Facebook discussion group. There's plenty going 
going on there that will help you um, unpack where you are at on your investing journey. But Ren? Well, uh you said we got a lot of podcasts. You're in good company launched last week. Um, if you've listened to it, if you've enjoyed it, or if you just enjoy what we do on the other shows, if you enjoy us rabbiting on, if you enjoy Comedian V Economist, if you enjoy Meet, Pay, Love, um, it would be greatly appreciated if you could rate and review. I mean, ideally all five. All five, uh, that'd be awesome. Five five-star ratings, 25 stars for Equity Mates. Um, <laughs> that would be great. It actually, every podcast says it. Um, there's a reason they say it. It actually really does help. So, you know, we produce this content for free. All we ask is 25 stars That's in it. Apple Podcasts. That's Appreciate it. it. Thank you. <laughs> but we'll leave it there, Ren, and pick it up next week. Thanks. Oh, see ya. <laughs> Get Started Investing is a product of Equity Bates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Get Started Investing are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Get Started Investing acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.